Hello ladies and gentlemen, it's the long-awaited return of the Baggies broadcast. It is season three, episode six. My name is Luke Hatfield. I am joined by new West Brom correspondent extraordinaire, Joe Massey. Joe, welcome to the Baggies broadcast. Thank you very much. My long-awaited debut. Uh, feels very, very strange uh, to be sat here talking to you about West Brom, having for years been sat here talking to you about Walsall. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it does feel absolutely mental, um, but I know like, we, we needed to get this podcast up and going, didn't we? It's um, been over a month since our last one. Has it been over a month since the last one? I didn't know that. I looked I looked back on our SoundCloud, which is our hosting platform. It said yeah. one month ago, the last episode. Oh, was. that's not good enough, is it? Really? Not really. Um, um, no, but I did feel like I needed a bit of time to bed in. We wanted to do it on Friday, didn't we? I, I um, wanted to do it on Friday. Yeah. Um, but we had a, I had a really busy day. I had a really, really busy day. Um, and then I thought, it was just, it, it seems silly really to do it on Friday when... I've only seen I've only seen one game at that point. Mm. Um, obviously now we've seen two. I've seen two, so I think it's going to be a Monday thing, isn't it? This podcast we're going yeah, to try and get yeah. it out every Monday. Um, Not sure what the deal is next week. We've got Leeds on the Tuesday. That's all right. Do we do it the day before the game, or do we wait until afterwards? Mm, don't know. Day uh, day before the game, I think. Bit of like for the journey, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, that'd be Listen good. For the then we we'll do a video after the game, so oh, yeah, all bases yeah. covered, isn't it? Yeah, but, uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, absolutely thrilled to be starting um, my first one. Go easy on me because as much as I'm trying to learn as much as I can about Albion, it has only been a couple of weeks. Um, How have you found it so far? Uh, I mean, I, I've absolutely loved it. Um, I got to be honest, I absolutely love Slavon Bilic. Um, yeah, he's decent, man, he? man crush <laughs> straight away. Um, it just he's just such a genuinely nice person. Um, I can't even put into words really how nice he is. He's just so he's an he's an absolute dream uh, for like press wise. Um, oh, it's quotes for days. Quotes for quotes for days. Um, but just the way his whole demeanour really, um, the way he carries himself. He's very 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 big. He, he's desperate to explain himself, and every question you ask him, he he doesn't just he doesn't just answer it willy nilly. He doesn't just give a standard stock answer. Every answer he gives, he's really eager to explain to you his exact thought process, why he's doing things in certain ways. Mm. It sounds a bit a bit cheesy, but it is an education. Like listening to him, yeah. you, 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 I mean, I hang on his every word. I really do. Mm. Um, he's so polite. He's so friendly. He's so um, respectful. I think is a really good word for him. I mean, he he, he, he just is. Um, I don't think I could ever ask him a bad question. Even if I may, even if I did ask him a bad question, even if the words that came out of my mouth were ridiculous, mm. he would still carry on and give me a good answer. He's just um, just a good guy. So thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying yeah getting to interview him. Thoroughly enjoying the football. I've got to say, I won't go into it too much. I won't like go into the intricacies, but it's very, very different to covering Walsall. Step up, isn't it? Very, it's, it's obviously a massive step up in terms of the football and the size of the club, and yeah, it's very, it's very, very different. It's just very, very, very different. I mean, you have Wi-Fi at grounds. I have Wi-Fi. You have food. Uh, food is the big one, actually. <laughs> food is the big one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, just a little bit of insight. I won't, I won't like bore people with it. Sort of the days in, days out of the job, but like when I go to a, when I went to a press of a Walsall, it was just me and BBC WM. Yeah, we'd literally be sat on chairs that for a table do you know what I mean that, mm. that were moved outside and you sat in a little circle or whatever um, just three of you me BBC WM and Walsall manager Daryl Clark or a player whereas obviously at Albion the interest is just tenfold isn't mm. it it's just so much bigger now when when, when um, 
I go to the training ground, which is in Walsall, and bizarrely, I always drive past the Bankses to get there. Yeah. Um, there's obviously a lot more people there. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than having that sort of like one-on-one, like all those two-on-one sort of relationship, there's sort of five or six of you asking questions. It's a lot more formal and stuff. So it is very, very different. Um, Just very wait till they get into the Premier League, mate. Yeah, Premier League's another level again, isn't it? Mm. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot for me to get used to. Um, but yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. Like I said, Bullich is a dream. And for me, the football um, has been outstanding. I mean, I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, I've already got a bit of a favourite in Grady D and Garner. Oh, I love watching him play. He can't help himself, can he? Uh, <laughs> he can't help himself. He's got to pick a favourite straight away. Um, so yeah, I mean, just so, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, give us some background, Joe. Like, background? Um, yeah, yeah. How did you end up? at this very table talking to me about Albion by working bloody hard am I allowed to say that <laughs> yeah 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 um, yeah uh, yeah I got here by work well I've been with the company forever um, it feels like I was a news reporter for six years um, did the graft you can't mm. do the graft on news really yeah um, if you want to be a sports journalist so I did six years there um, worked my way out to be a chief reporter on the Shropshire Star and then Came on to sport, did a year on Shrewsbury, got promoted that year um, uh, from League 2 to League 1, so that was good. And then moved on to Walsall. Nearly got promoted. Nearly got promoted um, when I was watching Remain Sawyers every week, a year that absolutely Walsall should have gone up. Mm. Um, They really, really should have gone up. They would have gone up um, if Dean Smith hadn't left um, quite early on for Brentford. Um, yeah, then did Walsall for four years, absolutely loved it, and then Albion came up, and yeah, I wanted to do this, I just, I really, yeah, I really wanted to do it. Jumped straight into Matt Wilson's grave, didn't you? Well, I didn't, I mean, Matt Wilson, I mean, I've got to say, Matt Wilson, what a fantastic job he did covering the club, for, I, I can't remember, it was about, it must have been about four years, I think he started just about as I was starting to cover Walsall, but... Um, my God, yeah, he did an absolutely brilliant job, and he's just—he's really—he's become a really good mate of mine. Mm. Been absolutely fantastic to me when we've handed over. So um, we had a chat about it before I threw my hat into the ring. We had a chat about it. Um, mm. Yeah, he really, really is a top lad. He was like Fergie suggesting Moyes. Hopefully, this oh, goes a little bit dear, better. Oh dear, that's dreadful. <laughs> Hopefully, this goes a bit better, shall we? Um, Right, let's get on to it. Um, two games you've been at, Joe. Two games I've been at with you. Um, let's yeah. run through them. The first one. Fulham won, Albion won. I tell you what, that's not a bad result, especially considering the first half. Uh, I thought it was a great result. Um, look, you're not gonna you're not gonna win every week, and if you if you win your own games and you draw your away ones, you go up, don't you? Yeah, that's the bottom line. And if you draw in at your like, your promotion rivals, mm. that is an absolutely massive result. I think ev- everyone would have been delighted with a point um, before that game started. It was, yeah, it was a night. It was. I was really, really impressed with Fulham. Mm. I think a couple of issues came out of the game that actually you can that get, sort of lead into the Huddersfield game as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, notably, that obviously Albion played four two three one, and mm. both those teams played four three three. And I think Albion, particularly against Fulham, because they had better players, but they did the midfield two of Livermore and Sawyer's did struggle against the midfield three of the opposition. Yeah. And then just, I mean, obviously basic maths, they're outnumbered. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they, they did they did find it difficult. I mean, Fulham have got three very, very, very good players in that. Um, Tom Kearney, I've always been a fan of. Um, I think he's a really good player. Didn't know that much about Harrison Reid, if I'm uh, being me neither, honest. Me neither. 
um, but he was excellent yeah. um, and I think he took the man of the match award away uh, mm. that game yeah they really really struggled to get to grips with those three it was Bobby Reed in there with them yeah um, in the first half look let's be honest like Albion they 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 were kept in the game by Sam Johnston yeah, in the early yeah, parts yeah. of the game. He made a fantastic save to deny Kearney. Made another really good double save. I think the header was from Bobby Grant. Not Bobby Grant. What's his name? Bobby Reed. Bobby Reed. The guy Bobby you Reed. just mentioned. Bobby Reed. Bobby Reed. Yeah, Bobby Grant used to play for Shrewsbury. Um, yeah. So, but they got to grips with it, didn't they? Billich made some tactical changes 20 minutes in. I mean, you could see they had to be made yeah, um, yeah, yeah. because Fulham were running right at that stage. But Billich made those twigs. They got to grips with them. Um, and then, yeah, in the second half, that last 20 minutes, they finished so actually really strong. Yeah. Um, they looked like the side that were going to win it. If it once, once they'd equalised it, they looked like the side that were going to win the game. Yeah, look, they did. And that would have been harsh on Fulham. Um, but at the same time, there was a sense of relief, wasn't there, from the home fans yeah. when the final whistle was blown. I think Darnell Furlong had that glancing header late on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look, if Albion won that game, it would have been S- smash, smash and grab, grab wouldn't yeah. it? Um, but. Billich's changes worked a tree. They've got a massive point on the road. I just don't. I, from from the whole day, I, I don't really think you can ask for any more. I mean, you certainly couldn't as an away fan, by the way, because Crowing Cottage is great ground. The weather was stunning. Yeah. I mean, all you could maybe ask for is it to be slightly later in the day so you could get some more beers in in the park. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was it was, it was very nice though. Um, do you think Albion were a little bit fortunate? Um, there was questions over a penalty shout. Which we didn't really pick up on at the on the day. I mean, no. it's not something many people picked up on the day. And then you saw the replays, and you're like, oh, um, maybe maybe Ferguson's a little bit lucky there. Yeah, that was a good spot actually. Yeah, it was. I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't notice it at all in the game. No. Um, and I think when when we were all watching the game, if we don't notice it at all, you can understand why the referee wouldn't give it. Mm. Um, it's one of them really. Nathan Ferguson hasn't done a lot wrong. He's just challenged for the ball, hasn't he? There's no sort of. He's nipped in like. Almost from his blind side, hasn't he, the, the Fulham player? And he's yeah. as, as Ferguson's going to clear the ball, he just catches him. Um, i got to be honest, I went home and I was watching the highlights on Quest. Yeah. And when it came up, that was the first I'd noticed of it. And I was like, yeah. oh, hang on, like, there, there could, have been, could have been a penalty there. Um, but I think in real time, it was gonna, always going to be very, very hard to, hard to give it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a let off. Uh briefly touching on away day appetites which I did brief you on before um, where we talk about the food from away days it was you suggest- love talking about food on podcasts do you know do what people I, really care what people, we eat at games this was suggested by a listener right this segment um, I think his name's Paul Harris Paul if, if I've got that right then then brilliant if not then I apologise um, but yeah um, I could tell you were very nervous going into the game because the food was brilliant and you didn't touch a morsel of it it reminded me the start of Fulham reminded me why I never made it as a professional footballer because I was so nervous like oh, yeah. I know I, I was watching the game that is what I was doing yeah. watching the game I wasn't playing I was watching it um, but I was damn damn nervous it's just the spotlight I mean that's the thing like covering Walsall for so long there's like I know I know the audience I know how many people really are reading what I'm writing and stuff and mm. obviously like going on to Albion it's like I mean I think I don't know, it's like three and a half thousand Twitter followers I gained in like three days or something. Your like, phone battery must have been um, creaking. It, it was good, yeah. So like, I mean, like it was, it, it was, it was, it was nerve wracking. Yeah, I was, I was nervous for that game. Less so, uh, less so um, on Sunday. Um, but was still a bit nervous on Sunday, but but less so. Mm. Um, 
That'll go in time though, wouldn't it? What did you make of the food though? The little that you tried of it? The sausages, the sausages were amazing, superb. absolutely amazing um, at Fulham. Yeah, it was a good breakfast. What was what was it? What was it you had with it? So it was a sausage, like a really nice sausage though. Yeah. It was like a proper thick sausage. That was delicious, yeah. Um, there was kind of like potato. That's what I'm getting at. Like, they're kind of like hash browns but smaller. Oh no, I'm not getting at that. I'm getting at like there was some sort of like cheese... Oh, I didn't touch that. I'm not a big fan of cheese. Oh, it was like a cheese sort of quiche. Yeah, flan sort of, thing. I had to ask the woman. The woman who was serving the food, she, bless her, she was so lovely. She was asking what we wanted, and she was dishing it all out for us. And I was like, "What on earth is that?" And she was like, "Cheese." And I was like, "Nope." Oh, I had that. Was it good? Oh, it was delicious. Yeah. What would you give out of ten? It's hard to judge for you, wasn't it? Because you would, I could tell you weren't you. You weren't ready for food. I wasn't ready for food. No. Took advantage of the the blooming sweets, so didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I love mix. Yeah, I do love that. Was after the game, that was. I was, I was, I was straight in there after the game. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Um, let's move on. Albion four, Huddersfield two. Um, the latest game, of course. Um, they blooming love coming back from a goal down, and we we said this in a video, and they did it twice yeah. against Huddersfield. Um, We'll repeat what we said in the video because it is just that staggering, really. But yeah. it was, so it's seven out of eight games now in the championship they've come from behind, mm-hmm. um, which is just ridiculous. Um, and then there's this remarkable stat, which I think is remarkable anyway, that every game they've played this season, the team that scored first hasn't won, yeah. um, which is just bonkers. Like it's, it's obviously di- it changes for di- season to season, mm. but roughly seventy percent of the teams that score first in a game win it. Yeah. 90% of the teams that score first don't lose it, um, don't lose that game. So, I mean, this these stats are absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I said to you, I said to you, it's easy, it's really easy to say it now. It really is. But I promise, I promise, I promise you this, right? Go on. Even at 2-1, I honestly felt they'd win the game. Yeah. I honestly, honestly did. I, I was absolutely sure they'd equalise. Fans were saying exactly the same thing outside the ground. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one fan um, who comes up to me quite regularly now. And he was saying, uh, even at 2-1 down, I said, I'm going to win this 3 or 4. Yeah. Um, and I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I just said to my mate, I just had a feeling. And to be fair, you do get it with Albion. I've, more so last season. But when they score a goal, they tend to come in batches. It's like, it's like London buses. You score one, and then a couple more come along, um, and they were really good at that last season, Albion. And this year, they've still got that little bit about them, where if they score a goal and they're on a roll, I mean, you saw it against Blackburn as well. You, I mean, you weren't there for Blackburn, were you? But no. they just get into a mindset, and it's like they can blow a team away in 20, 30 minutes. I think you could just, it felt like it was relentless pressure that second half. Mm. Um, and Huddersfield were just getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Didn't help themselves. I think they tired, Danny Cowley said afterwards, it, it, but that was because they were chasing shadows really in that second half. It, yeah. it was all Albion on the ball, wasn't mm. it? It was constant, constant um, possession um, yeah, for Albion. And yeah, you just, it was, they just had too much of the ball, didn't mm. they? And you just, with the quality they've got, um, that's the one thing I tweeted after the game. Like, look, we all saw the defensive mistakes, didn't we? Yeah. yeah like, we yeah. know they've made defensive mistakes this season. The flaws of this team, everyone can see them, if we're being honest. Mm. Like, they, they, they are making sloppy mistakes, but they, they have got incredible character. They absolutely have. Mm. Um, and they have got quality. And I think that's why you just knew eventually, some, eventually someone like Matty Phillips, like Grady Dingana, like Mateus Pereira, mm. would just find that little bit of quality. Um and get through um, 
And don't get me wrong, it was a massive relief when they did equalise. Yeah. It was a massive relief when they took the lead. But it wasn't a shock at all. No. Um, you really, really thought... You could just tell, particularly sort of after 10 minutes of that first half, that they were by far the better team. It was purely attack versus defence by that point. Yeah, it was like a training game, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Um, and as you said, you know, it does it is a testament to the spirit in the Albion side, but it's also a testament to Slavon Bilic because... Once again, he's made changes, and the changes have worked out. Oh, are you, I thought you were going to say more than that. You just no, paused. no, no. no he's just, made I'm changes. Just... Yeah, I think like I don't know if it's because I've come from lower league football or what, but I've watched many, many managers stand there passive mm. um, and just not do anything. Um, I've seen managers at international level do that. Yeah, you do see it. You see it at every level, don't you? You see yeah. it right at the top of the game. You see managers just they don't know what to do, or a lot of them seem to have the same trick up their sleeve, basically. Um, you only need to look back at like Chelsea last season. It was it was the same subs every bloody week. Just make similar changes, and that's the one thing you could never accuse Bilic of doing. I mean, like the like Fulham in particular, and we've seen it now two weeks in a row. Where I think Mateus Pereira started as a ten, didn't it? Fulham. Mm. He went out to the right. Yeah. Um, in that game, how Robson Carnu came on, dropped in like a. Almost went to like a four four two. It was like a four four one one. Yeah, secondary strike. Yeah, role. he was like slightly as a ten, wasn't he, Robson Carno? Um, and let's be honest, I don't think anyone was expecting that. that I yeah, I don't think anyone was calling for Robson Carno. Um, that was not. No offense to him because he's, he he did, did really he's got really a job, well. But he did, he did really super. really well when he came on. Um, yeah, so that was completely out of the blue. But then in the same game, he's brought on Carl Edwards. Um, Captain Kyle. Captain Kyle. I think that's from for the. That was for Livermore, wasn't it? He came on for Livermore. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's very, very interesting changes. He spoke about, after the Huddersfield game, how they were man-marking Sawyers and Livermore. Mm. He felt in the first half those two couldn't get on the ball enough, didn't get on the ball enough. And I think he just put them, asked them to play just slightly forward, just mm. maybe find a little bit more space, get in between the lines more. And they were different players after the break. Yeah. I mean, Livermore had two decent efforts from the edge of the box. Sawyers, I thought, when he was on the ball in the first half, was good, but didn't get on it very often. Mm. And then when, in that second half, he was the one that was constantly recycling it. Really grew into the game. Albion would pull it in, they'd play, they'd play. Maybe Huddersfield would defend it, but when they did, it was back to Sawyers, it was back in, mm. and it was relentless. And, that, and, that, and because it was relentless... That's why everyone we felt it, they would get through in the end. Yeah, a matter um, of time. So just little tweaks, whether it's substitutions or whether it's little tactical tweaks. I mean, look, I've only seen two games, but Bilic is smashing it, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, I mean, the, the hilarious thing is he wishes that he didn't have to do it. Yeah, he just yeah, wants, yeah. The, wants him to be great from the start. Um, but yeah, he is, he is doing very, very well. Yeah, and as you said, there are, there are a couple of worries, though. Um, Mistakes again leading to goals. The second one for me is probably the worst one. Um, Bartley's been very good this season, um, but he's tried to play out from the back and it's just been nipped away. And as you said in the post match video, there's still work for Huddersfield to do. Yeah. And it's a good through ball, but you shouldn't really be giving the ball away there, should you? I mean, look, we've all seen it now multiple times probably. I've looked at it multiple times. I don't think the pass is ever really on. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't know what people think. I mean, look, if it was Romain Sawyer's on the ball, then maybe it is on. I don't know. But for a centre-back, I, I don't know. To me, it looks... I mean, look, it's, it's so easy to say, isn't it? Because it was intercepted. But to me, it, it it looked like it could be intercepted fairly easily. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and, that, and obviously, I mean, it was. I mean, it was a great through ball. Yeah, it was. Um, it was, and Bilic afterwards really spoke about that second phase. Mm. He, this was like quite interesting, actually, what he said. He, he wants them to play. That's not going to change. He mm. wants them playing out from the back. What he was, and he said, when you play out the back, you're going to lose the ball. And he said about where they lost the ball from that pass. It wasn't like they lost it on the edge of the box. Yeah, you wouldn't say they gifted them a goal. They he, gifted them possession. Yeah, they give, yeah, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. The goal was all of their own making, I think. Mm. But yeah, they still have work to do, didn't they, Huddersfield? Yeah. And and that's what Bilic was annoyed about. He felt there was... if you, He's told his players, you're playing out from the back. But with that, you have to know, if you make a mistake or someone makes a mistake, you've got to be switched on and go mm. straight away as soon as that mistake happens. And he felt the reaction, once Bartley had lost the ball wasn't what it should have been. Mm. That's what he was really disappointed with. Um, more so, actually, than Bartley giving the ball away. Yeah. Um, I tell you, impressed, and um, he has stood out. Donald Furlong, great brilliant. performance from him. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, interviewed him afterwards, a really nice lad as well. Mm. Um, see, the, 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 the rumour is it's 1.5 million. Um, Oh, pennies, pennies, respective pennies compared to the money being spent elsewhere. Pennies. I mean, when obviously I wasn't around when he signed, so I don't really know. Like, we, I think we write the Express and Star, I believe, to be one point five million, mm. which will be right because Matt Wilson wrote it, so it'll be it'll be right. But I mean, yeah, I mean, what a signing for that is one point five million. I think he's brilliant. Um, really, really good. I mean, he is so he is so dynamic, isn't yeah. he? Like he is. I mean, he's very, very, very attack minded. Such um, a big threat on the flanks. Um, and him and him and Matt Phillips on the same side. I mean, I can't imagine there's going to be many teams that can live with him. No. Um, but I thought he was really, really good. I mean, look, the nutmegs for Phillips's first goal is genius. It's vile, that is. Uh, I mean, if you're, if you're a fullback and you're getting done like that, you got it, aren't you? <laughs> um, but he, what I like about Furlong is he he tries things, doesn't he? Mm. He's like willing to do things like that. There's a lot of fullbacks who are. Wouldn't, basically wouldn't, wouldn't have the bottle to do it um, no, no but he is he's willing to take risks willing to gamble in the right areas I mean that he doesn't make that nutmegs Albion don't score do they no um, and then he goes on and scores a, with a brilliant header um, he's got some springs on him I think you can jump well he almost scored at Fulham didn't he yeah. that goal um, so I mean I gave him a 9 in my player ratings man the match you're, you're marking yourself aren't you there um do you think that's fair? That was fair. I wasn't think it? it was fair. I think I think between him and Phillips, because you gave Phillips an eight, didn't you? I gave Phillips an eight. Yeah. Yeah, because Phillips, he got two goals and he did put in a very good performance. Yeah. Um, but I think all round, I think you're right in giving Furlong the man of the match. Man of the match. Yeah. Maybe I could have given Phillips a nine. Although Furlong, you could argue that Furlong was the lad, was the man out of position for the second goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if he could have put more of a challenge in on Carlin Grant when, because mm. he sort of brushed him off of him quite easily. I feel like because he commits forward so often, he was maybe caught slightly ahead, didn't expect the, the quick turnover of possession, had to try and get back and maybe just didn't. Yeah, which is probably what Billich is talking about. Um, but what I would say is, Philip, I mean, don't get me wrong, Phillips' first goal was a really, really good finish, and mm. the second was a, was a good one as well, but you kind of back him to do it, wouldn't you? Yeah, Whereas well, like, the, the second one's on a. It's, a, it's not on a plate, it's not but, on a it's, play, but it's, it's. You'd it's, expect him to score. Yeah, you'd expect a player of his quality to bury that. Um, whereas with Furlong, when he picks up that ball and he's 
tightly marked by that defender. Are you mm. really expecting him to go through that mega and mm. then lead to a goal? No. And are you expecting him to bury that header? I'm not sure you are. I mean, it was no. a great, great header. Yeah. To me, he excelled in, on both of those occasions. Mm. Um, so for that reason, yeah, I gave him a nine. Yeah, brilliant performance from him, brilliant performance from Albion, especially going forward. Right, um, let's move on to a slightly different segment. It's called Get to Know Joe Massey. Oh, it does right. exactly what it says on the tin. Okay. For all the Albion listeners out there who don't know too much about Joe Massey, yeah, you know, they'll probably follow you on Twitter, uh, they'll probably have seen some of your match reports and some of your stories so far, but do they really know Joe Massey? Well, probably not, no. Probably not. So I've got a, a selection of questions for them to... Uh, get to know you a little bit better so I'm going to start straight away favourite food favourite food Joe Massey's favourite food this is what people listen to podcasts for you are obsessed with food this is a I would say it's the last food question but it's not (laughs) (laughs) you need to start your own food based podcast Luke the food, Luke's food podcast, um, run by the Express and Star. You are Kettle and Toaster do, Man. You, you know, are Kettle and Toaster Man. People won't am, know what that yeah. is. Yeah. People won't know what that is. That's so long ago now. I'll tell you what, it's funny that we mention this because I always ask about food, but I've never done a blooming food review for the Express and Star, no. you know. We should say in a previous job, you were the voice for a character called Kettle and Toaster Man. This right? wasn't a previous job, this was this job. Oh, was it? <laughs> it was this job. It was my first week, and um, back back. Back then, we were we used to do like voiceovers and stuff for like uh, commercial adverts and radio adverts and stuff. And um, the video journalist um, came over to our desk saying, "We need a bloke to do a voice for Kettle a, and a character Man. called Kettle and Toaster Man." Yeah. <laughs> me being the new lad was qu- it was quickly shoveled down to me. Um, did the voiceover? She was like, "Yeah, that'll, that'll probably do. They'll, they might run with it. They might not." Um, car radio. Couple of weeks later, there you are. Pops, there's you me, are Kettle, Kettle and Toaster Man. Man. So uh, what yeah, a privilege. I mean, yeah, there's 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 um there's a picture of him somewhere. I'll try and track it down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't think it took off. We should make masks or something. <laughs> oh God forbid. Um, if ever you get married, that's what oh. like on a stag do. That's what they should all go out to Kettle and Toaster Man. I'll invite you on my stag do if I okay. get married, mate. All right, I look forward to that. All right, okay. but don't dodge the question, mate. Favorite food, oh, right. please. I think, <laughs> so if I was gonna like, I just if I was gonna like order in, if I was gonna have a, yeah, I'd have, if I was gonna order in like and pick what I wanted more than anything, I'd have a curry and I'd have a chicken tikka bolti. Oh right. Ever okay. had one of them? Yeah, I've had a chicken tikka. Chicken tikka bolti, though. Oh, a bolti. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. I'm not the biggest curry fan, to be honest with you. More, more of a Chinese kind of guy. Oh, no, no. Give me, give me like a duck chow, mate. Love Italian food as well. I just love pizza. A... Love pizza and pasta. I do. Pizza is nice. Don't get me wrong. I love a pizza. Whenever someone suggests to me, "Shall we go to an Italian?" I was like, "I can cook pasta at home." I'm not very good at cooking like peri peri chicken. If someone suggests going to Nando's, I'm all over it. Yeah, How often do you do some peri peri chicken? I used to work at Nando's. And as well. did, yeah. yeah. Um, um, on transfer, that's our transfer deadline day speciality, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you ordering everyone a Nando's because you know the menu off by heart. Yeah, I used to know yeah. all the prices. <laughs> <laughs> um, favourite footballer? Favourite footballer ever? Just, yeah. Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes, good choice, mm. good choice. Um, what football team do you support? Ipswich Town. Ipswich Town. Yeah. Oh, no, no. No West Brom versus Ipswich for a little while. No, no. But it's a weird, it's a weird, weird job. This job because you do get completely immersed in the club you're covering. So 
Yeah, I really felt like a Walsall fan the last couple of years. I was desperate for them to do well, largely because such good people at the club. Like, they mm. really are really, really, really good people at the club. And already, like, I feel... It's it's, it's a weird one. Because you, you do get to know people. You really root for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, really, really root for them. And already, I feel like I'm rooting for Billich. Um, mm. um, and, yeah, and hopefully that will just grow and grow and grow over time. Because, like, like, it's only been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? But it's, it's weird because we say this, and people approach me after games when I'm doing cams sometimes, and they say, uh, when are you going to become an Albion supporter? And they all know that I'm a Villa fan, but Albion is like my second club, and it's weird because Villa and Albion, I suppose not so much people my age, um, but it's always been a big rivalry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's weird having them as a second club, but because I cover them so much, it's I you do got, want you them want to do, do well. well. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, it was it was weird during the playoffs last year. That was grim. So it's weird. It's a weird job. Nick Alwell here, he'll hate me telling this story, but he covered Walsall for years and years and years. Mm. And he's a Wolves fan. And Walsall beat Wolves 1-0. I think it was a Molyneux, but I'm not 100% sure. Mm. And he jumped out of his seat and celebrated the goal. Did and he, he is a big, big Wolves fan. Like now he's booking tickets around he, Europe and he stuff. He never shuts up about Wolves. Never shuts he? up about Wolves. Um, but yeah, actually, you just can't help it. Like if, I feel like if you do the job properly, you immerse yourself in it and you, and you, and you really want them to do well. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I support it at Switch, but yeah. Soon to be Bagley's fan. Desperate for Albion to do well. Biggest fear? Biggest fear? Yeah. Heights? Spiders? Uh, spiders. I know you had this with Liam Keane, didn't you? Yeah, Liam Keane said exactly the same thing. I hate them, mate. I absolutely hate them. Oh. Absolutely hate them. And that's absolutely loads of them about in a minute. Yeah, there are. I was reading like a news story about it. Apparently, it's like at this time, I don't yeah. know, because it's going colder, they try and come inside. Do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. I hate them. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Dog person, good. Coke or Pepsi? Uh, I don't know really. I think, do you know what? If I was actually pushed, I think I might. None of the above? Might, might. Oh no, I'd probably have a, a Coke. A Cherry Coke is my favourite. A Cherry Coke's your favourite. Yeah. Didn't mind that Sprite I gave you at the Orphans yesterday. No, I needed that. KFC or Mackey's? Last food question, I promise. McDonald's. Um, away day or home game? Away day or home game? Uh, away days are good aren't they yeah um, but oh, you know what I'm going to go home game do you know why go on just because I'd never ever covered a game at the Hawthorns before yesterday I'd been before yeah um, but I'd never covered a game um, and I may I was loving it I'm not going to lie I was absolutely loving it I could not believe the press box yeah oh, it's nice like, isn't what it what is this Leather seats, massive desk, your own screen yeah. to watch the game on. I mean, that is a long way from Accrington Stanley, mate. The indoor section's really nice. It's one of the few grounds as well where you've got an indoor section, which is essentially just glass panels. So you could, if it's cold enough and you don't fancy going outside, you could sit in there and watch the game. Yeah, you could, yeah. Um, I loved it yesterday. I loved everything about it. Like, I, it's not... The noise you said. That's wasn't the thing. It? Yeah, that's the thing. It, you, it's weird. It's the thing. It's the weird things you miss, like when you don't like. Because obviously, like supporting Ipswich now. Now everyone knows I support Ipswich. Like for years and years and years, they were a Championship club, weren't mm. they? So I was used to going to Championship games. They were in the Prem for a little bit, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, but that was a long time ago now. Um, and then, yeah, like the things I missed. I've always said. I said this. Like, is the raw like League One, League Two football? Like, I've fallen in love with it a little bit and there's so many positives to it like in terms of like the access you get and the players themselves like I'd say like the only difference between them and me is that they're 
better at football than me. Yeah. Um, they're just normal people, really. Um, not not earning massive salaries or this, that, and the other. Um, but, like, I miss walking to a big stadium. Do you know, mm. like, I walked... Because I parked at that Hawthorne's house yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. walking up to the Hawthorne's, and it's, like, intimidating, isn't it? It's dominating. Like, you yeah. see that stand, and you're like, wow. Like, you see those floodlights, and it's like, that's a proper, proper, proper stadium. Um, and then, yeah, just the noise. I said that so many times. Like, I did a... Like, when I've covered, like, done the odd Villa game or whatever, mm. and... Um, stuff the noise you just do not get that noise in League 1 League 2 no that noise that like makes the, like, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up it's like 11 out of 10 noise I call mm. it like it's always a little bit louder than what you expect um, so when like the Hawthorns was bouncing a bit yesterday wasn't that there was times yeah, when yeah, it was yeah. like proper, and I was like I love that absolutely I, love that I tell you what I wish you'd have been there for the second leg of the playoffs it's still to this day the best atmosphere I've been involved in I can remember loads of people you tweeting about it and Wilson tweet, everyone was saying it was just rocking wasn't absolutely it absolutely insane and I think the Hawthorns was helped so much because every I mean they, they ramped it up they had the flags and stuff but the fact that it's an enclosed ground as well there's nowhere for the noise to escape and it just reverberated around and I tell you what it was you wouldn't want to have been an opposition player because yeah. it was, and I know it didn't go the way that Albion fans wanted it to, but testament to them because the noise was superb. Um, yeah, I'd love that. Rock or pop? Rock or pop? Genre of music uh, of choice. Not a fan pop, of either. Pop. Pop. All right. Okay. I'll tell that. Uh, biggest pet peeve. My biggest pet peeve. Yeah. In life, yeah. just what annoys just, me. Just what annoys you? Do you know what really, really annoys me? I find it so annoying. When people ask you what your biggest pet peeve is. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I hate road rage. Road rage? Right. As in you always have it or you hate no, when people in, have it? I hate when people have it. I don't understand road rage. Like this is, But me, I've got a mate and we... Oh, oh God, I'm going to be talking for absolutely ages here. But people, why do people go nuts when they're in a car? I don't know. So like, I'll give you an example, right? This only happened like last week. I was driving um, somewhere... I was, dri- I was driving, I've got a two-year-old little girl. Mm. We were driving, I was taking her to a soft play. Baby on board. Baby on board. It was a soft play we were going to. We were meeting someone who lives, like, I think she lives in, like, Dudley or somewhere. Yeah. So we were, like, meeting in the middle, right? And I've never been to this place before. So, like, we were driving down this road, and I had to turn left. Yeah. Now, I didn't know I was going to have to turn left, so... Oh, don't tell me you're in the right, right, right lane. No, 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 nothing even like that. So, like, there was a car waiting to come out onto the road I was on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I um, indicated probably about five seconds later than I should have. Do mm. you know what I mean? And then they're going mad. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean when you see people like that? He's yeah, waving yeah, yeah. his arms around, going absolutely, like, absolutely mad. Like, a, like, like be giving it the big end because I hadn't mm. indicated. Just going absolutely nuts. And then... So I just went left and he drove out and that was that. And I was like, what I've done there is I've held him up by about three seconds. Genuinely, yeah, I'm, yeah, not, yeah, I'm being yeah. like, like, but he was going absolutely nuts. And then the other week I was driving down a road that had, you know the white lines in the middle? They'd yeah. taken them away, they were re-tarmacking the road. Oh, right, okay. And I was perhaps, well, I was, a little bit over the middle of the road. Okay. But still enough room for two cars to get by. Mm. And then you're driving towards, I was driving towards this woman, and she was like flinging her arms around in the air. People in the safety of a car. Oh, yeah, they're keyboard warriors, mate. They think, like, they go nuts. Yeah. They, they act like, if you're in a car and someone does something, people act as if it's the, literally the end of the world. Mm. Um, 
Like, if I'd said to that guy, like, who pulled out, I'm sorry, I'm just going to delay you from f- for three seconds. Yeah. In, yeah. like, face-to-face... As it's a like per- if you just stopped him and asked him for the time. Yeah, exactly that. And he'd be like, oh, mate, yeah, it's ten to two, crack on. And it's like... But in a car, people turn into road rage monsters. It is like... It's exactly like Twitter. Like, someone will say something to you via Twitter that you would never be... T- they, would ne- they would never say it to you face-to-face. Just because they know there's no repercussions. No for repercussions. It. No one's actually going to get out of their car and have it out with you. Yeah. Um, so just road rage. So me and my mate, uh, we laugh at people now. If, oh, ever, right, if okay. anyone gives you like a big gun, like gives it the big gun, like as a go at you and give them, a, just drive back at them, just laugh, just point and laugh, <laughs> and they people just go. I just wave at them and smile. Yeah, that's what we do. Wave and smile, or laugh, and just do stuff like that. And eventually, people like nine times out of ten when we've done it. They start to laugh and wave back. Yeah. They realise that like they're going absolutely mad over mm. absolutely nothing. Um, yeah, road rage. It absolutely infuriates me. Oh, there we go. Uh, this is a real like Albion heavy podcast. This it, it is, but it's got an Albion. T- I'm going to give it an Albion tin. Yeah, now. let's bring it back to the football, shall we? Well, we've still got a couple more questions. Oh my but, god! But coming on with the road rage thing, uh, the most the most high profile person I've ever peed off whilst driving. Can you give me. A, Guess. How can I possibly guess that? Ben Foster. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving to cover an Albion game. This would have been... Uh, I don't think they are in the Prem back then. They might have, actually. I can't quite remember. Um, either way, I was driving. And you know um, the M5? It's got a load of road work, work, road works going on. Yeah. So I was in the left-hand lane, um, about to get off the M5 to, to go to the Hawthorns. And it's literally, you get to the roundabout, you go left, you're... You're pretty much there. Um, we have to turn right to Halfords Lane and go all the way past the ground to, to Hawthorne's house if you're going that way. But there was a car, right, right in my boot the whole <laughs> bloody way. <laughs> Massive car, tinted windows, isn't that? Um, big 4x4. Four four. I was driving in my little Ford Fiesta. And my Ford Fiesta, I can do a rate of knots in it, but, you know, I'm not going to speed when there's an average speed camera about, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not doing massy. I don't like to get points on my licence. Um and anyway, he's right in my boot, this person. And he is bugging me. Like, I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to go any quicker. I'm not going to get, like, pulled over because of this guy. Um, I go to exit. He goes to exit. He's right behind me still. I was like, is this guy following me now? <laughs> I go into the left lane, turn left at the roundabout. He gets into the left lane. I'm like, I'm in trouble here. This guy's following me. He's, he's got a real problem with me. We stop. I look in the rearview mirror. I see a blue tracksuit top. I was like, that kind of looks like an Albion top. And I, like, crouched down to look. It's only bloody Ben Foster. And he's, like, there, like, staring at the back of my <laughs> Ford Fiesta. Uh, yeah, so he's the most important, the most high-profile person I pissed off. But he didn't give you an interview after the game. Oh, I don't have to worry about that, mate. I'm never in the mix there. Yeah, you're all right. He, he's you? not even an Albion player anymore, so I don't have to worry. He's getting smashed 8-0 by Man City. <laughs> You're pleased about that, isn't him, it? him and Craig Dawson. Oh no! The thing is with Ben Foster, he was, you know what? He's actually um, a, a really nice guy. Does a lot of good charity work. I think him and his missus do a lot. Oh, um, do I think his missus hands in um, a lot of like designer clothes to charity shops oh, fair for fair. next to nothing, um, and obviously they make a good profit. So he's probably a good lad. He's probably just rushing to get to the game. And yeah, under pressure. Didn't want to be fined. Saw some idiot in a Ford Fiesta in front of him. Yeah. Um, Talk about some football now. <laughs> Can I get one one or two more questions? Oh, in? Well, uh, f- footballing position, if you're on the pitch. Oh, where do I play? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, mate, I played everywhere. Dynamic central midfielder. Used, I was like, when I went like I went the wrong way. Like I started up front and then went into midfield and ended up at like right back. Alan Smith. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
yeah. favourite Albion player. Crazy thing, aren't that? No, answered it. Uh, and last one, uh, game you're most looking forward to covering this season. This leads Ellen Road, and it's not far away. Oh, big uh, game! That. It's a big, big game, isn't it? Considering uh, what happened last time around. Um, yeah, I'm just so excited by it. I just think it's going to be absolutely yeah. I mean, look, it's absolutely extortionate that they charge £39 a ticket for away fans. That is, that is wrong. But it's out of order, that is, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Just I'm looking forward to going to Ellen Road. Two absolute, in my opinion, promotion contenders. Um, That's a proper atmosphere there as proper well. Proper atmosphere. Um, yeah, I've never been to Ellen Road. Never ever been. Long way. Good ground. Bad Wi-Fi. Decent view though. Yeah. 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 Can't wait to be honest. Yeah, hopefully it ends better than it did last time. Yeah. One of the few times I thought I was going to get thumped doing fan cams. Mm. Right. Uh, questions from the listeners now, not questions from me. These are actual Albion questions. So we're back. That's, we're back on the that's football good now. To know. Back on the football. Uh, Leo Watkins, is it just the mistakes at the back that are holding us back from being hot favourites for this league? I think overall we've defended far more solidly than last year. It's just those errors that have meant we haven't kept a clean sheet yet. Yeah, I think. Um sort of semi-agree with that. Um, if they, I think they are actually defending quite well um, overall, like he says. I think, and Bilic mentioned it, I was a bit, was a bit frustrated actually, because on Friday we had the presser and Bilic said at, one of his ans- in, at the end of one of his answers, we are defending a lot better, we've come a long way defensively. It's almost a turn from defending to attacking, that's where they're making the mistakes. Yeah, um, and I'd wished... I'd sort of zoned in on that end of his answer and said, can you just elaborate on that more? How, how are you defending better? Because there's, there's this thing where they're doing that, like one of the first stories I wrote was, there's zonal and man marking. Mm. If he said like, if you've, in Billage's own words, if you've got an Andy Carroll, if you've got a Duncan Ferguson, who we of course played with at Everton, you, basically you, you can't just zone mark because yeah. they are so good in the air, they will beat you in the air. Mm. Um, so he said, you need to mark the man, you need to mark in zones. I think there's a few questions where I probably will have the same answer. I don't think you can underestimate how early in the season it is. Mm. Now, with my Walsall hat on, Walsall last season started the campaign ten, with a 10 game unbeaten run. Yeah. They went down. Yeah. Um, now, after 10 games, everyone f- thought they were going to be in, in playoffs. In playoffs. There is, like, Villa are another example. No one in a million years thought they were going up. January, they were, like, 13th. Um, exactly, yeah. And then even later than that one, Dean yeah, yeah, Smith yeah. went on that incredible run. I mean, they, they lost to Albion um, at Villa Park, and Albion run rings around them. And you thought, this Villa side aren't doing anything. And then they suddenly just flicked a switch and they became some playoff candidates. And they would seem no one wanted to play in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I just think, like, Bilic was appointed relatively late. Mm-hmm. Um it's still very, very early days um, in his tenure. They are getting to grips with this zonal marking, man-marking thing. There's no doubt about it. Cut out the mistakes and, oh, my God, they'll concede, like, a hell of a lot less goals, won't they? Mm. I mean, that is really, that is, like, the obvious thing. Like, cut out the mistakes and, uh, and they'll be fine. But Bilic talked afterwards yesterday about how the shape was so much better after the break than it was in the first half. Mm. Um, I think they're still finding their feet, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, so I think I agree with what I agree with the question. I do think they're actually structurally 
quite good, but I think that there's times when they lose their way in that structure. Mm. I think that will just come with time, more just more playing in it and, and more development. Um, and then when they cut the mistakes out, then obviously they'll take them to a new level. That's why I think it's so promising, and that's what Bilic said, actually. Um, it gives them so much pleasure that they're unbeaten and mm. still got flaws. It's so good that they're unbeaten and they've still got areas to improve. Like they, Genuinely, everyone can see this Albion team can improve. Yeah. Um, and they're still unbeaten. So if they can make those improvements, which I'm, sh- I'm absolutely sure they will, um, then they, I, I think they're going to be in the race for automatic. I do. Whether they get it or not, who knows? Who knows? Um, and it's gonna, but I think they're going to be in, in with a shout. Yeah, agree with you there. Mark Colley, anyone lined up to replace Appleton? Honest answers, I don't know. I mean, I suppose we should cover the Appleton thing in this podcast. Um, yeah, um, I will try and find out. Is what I'll have to say to that answer. It, yeah, it's a bit of a. Well, it's just been a lot going on. I mean, it, it happened on Friday, didn't it? I think it was announced at like five o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, then game on Sunday. <clears throat> now we're on Monday, so yeah, it's about time we need to start asking those questions. Really, what's going on there? I think that literally as we speak, they're playing a Premier League Two game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's an odd one that because he was such a good. It was an appointment that was really well received. But is it one of them where he's almost such a good appointment that you, he's? I mean, there's people who see this guy as you know a future manager who's going to have success. Yeah, and I think to be fair, if you it doesn't Appleton always made it clear he wanted to be a number one again. Mm. Um, so Albion would have known that the moment they gave him the job. Um, look, there's no doubt it's come around a lot quicker than probably anyone was expecting. Um, um, with the Cow- with the Cowleys getting Huddersfield jobs, so yeah, I'm sure it is a shock, but I don't know. But I will, I promise, I will ask the question. Mm. Paul Chapel has got has, has answered has sent a couple of questions in. Should I say um, first one? How do you solve the striker issue? Austin looks off the pace and devoid of confidence. The Hall works hard, but is essentially a Championship rondon. Can't see him getting ten goals. How Robson Carney is a willing worker, but simply isn't good enough. Maybe Willock Phillips up top or Tullock. Um, so we we asked about Willock. Um, he's not seen as a striker by Billich mm. so um, that you can pretty much rule that out um, <clears throat> look it is the area isn't it that people are talking about mm. and there's no doubt about it I thought Austin was was good on on Sunday he looked sharp um, he barely had a kick at, at Fulham did he yeah um, he had a couple of like half chances I remember him being like quite an acrobatic sort of like volley and then mm. you know a header at Fulham <clears throat> yesterday I thought he looked much sharper was really involved dropped deep a lot to get on the ball um, I think he'll come good personally I do think I do think um, he'll come good um, mm. I think he just needs it'll probably be a massive relief to him when he gets that first league goal yeah um, but yeah it's diff- it's difficult it's 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 a really interesting. I think it, again, like it does need. We're gonna have to see how that develops, aren't we? Because mm. is he? He's not getting that many chances at the minute. I don't think Charlie Austin. Um, no, he's not. And he's a striker that relies on service. Um, yeah, he's not going to be the type to create something out of nothing. He normally, not that he needs it put on a plate for him, but he will take. He will finish the goals which lesser strikers wouldn't be able to find the finish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you can't you can't expect him to go and beat three men. I haven't seen and then yeah. slide, slide past the goalkeeper. 
I'm, so to speak. I don't think we've seen anything in the games that I've seen where you think he should have absolutely should have scored that. He's mm. done well in certain areas, like he had a good header save, didn't he, against Huddersfield. Um, it's an interesting one because Zahor is obviously much more of a target man and you'd think he would hold the ball up more and allow the three behind, which I absolutely love the three behind, whoever they are. Yeah. He, they're playing off him, aren't they? They're, mm. they're hitting Zahor and then letting those three do, do the damage. But Austin is obviously different. These, the three behind need to set create chances for him. So I think, just, again, I think it's another one. You see how it evolves. I'd like to think that Austin will get a league goal very soon. Mm. And then from then he, would, he will sort of kick on. Maybe this weekend. Um, well, it's QPR, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's not maybe. He scored a hat trick for QPR against West Brom once. So what you're saying is he's going to score a hat-trick so against QPR. I'm saying he owes them. Yeah. I'm saying he owes them. He owes a goal this weekend, yeah. Uh, Paul Chapel again asks, um, at which point do you seriously look at Johnson's position? Not so much the goals, which he didn't really have a chance with, but his overall commanding of his area, his lack of confidence is infectious. And there are a couple of moments where Shemi Ajay cleared rather than trusted him. I'm not going to lie. I think he's an easy target for fans and I'm not too sure why yes he's made mistakes and maybe he's slightly open to the long shot but I think overall Johnson's a pretty good goalkeeper mm. I've, I've, I mean, he didn't have anything to do yesterday really in terms of saves to make no. um, of course I mean his handling was okay like it was good yeah um, whenever they sent the ball into the box, he came and got it. Um, looked very, looked assured doing it. The thing with me is his kicking, and you can. My worry with him is, is he too good on the ball for his own good? You can, you can mm. tell he's better than the average keeper with the ball at his feet. Yeah. But because of that, he has got the confidence to play, and sometimes you just wish he would get rid mm. um, and there was a couple of times yesterday where a couple of kicks went straight out of play because he was trying to be a little bit too cute um, you can tell I think everyone feels a little bit nervous mm. some, at some points because he he gets on the ball and you can sort of see he sort of takes a touch and he's looking around and he does it under pressure um, yeah. If you do that in midfield, it's fine because if you give the well, it's not fine. But if you give the ball away, it's like well, it's not going to, it's not necessarily going to lead to a goal. If you give the ball away where you are as Sam Johnson, yeah, it's almost certainly a goal. And in, and I don't like to see my keeper playing two yard passes in the box. Like you just, you mm. do just want. I, I mean, look, Billich does want them to play, but there is a time and a place. Um, will his Will his position come under threat? The the, the sign of Al Habsi is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about Jonathan Bond. I've seen him play a couple of times. From what I gather, he is he is a, a League One keeper. Probably, mm. if we're being honest, he probably is a League One keeper. Al Habsi's obviously got vast experience. Former Premier League. Former Premier League. Won the FA Cup with Wigan. There's that's genuine competition. Although I think Bond has Bond has stayed on the bench. I think it would be interesting to see if Johnston was to get injured or suspended, who would come in to the starting spot. Yeah, that I would imagine it would be Al Habsi. It'd be interesting to see. But it's it, difficult for me. Sorry, it's, it's difficult for me to judge Sam Johnson because I think he's done. I thought he was excellent at Fulham, mm. um, bar one or two shaky kicks again. Um, and as far as I was concerned, he was fine yesterday as well. I think he's a brilliant um, shot stopper. I think he's a brilliant shot stopper. I just feel like he's an easy target for Albion fans, and that's probably because of what happened last season in terms of the way that. 
Albion were a bit shaky. Well, I say a bit. They were shaky playing the ball out from the back. And it's just the way things were last season. I feel like people quickly jumped on the Sam Johnson bandwagon. Plus the fact that he's following on from arguably one of the best goalkeepers the club's ever had in Ben Foster. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not easy. They're used to having a goalkeeper there who has always been up there among the player of the season candidates. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Money, yeah. I've liked what I've seen. I've got to admit. Um... Paul again uh, this is a decent question as well so thanks for sending these in Paul um, how do you see Billich integrating Gibbs back into the side Ferguson has done well and Furlong was our man of the match yesterday so competition is fierce but should Gibbs play if he's fit um, so again I'm copping out a little bit because I haven't seen Kieran Gibbs play in the flesh for a long time I've got to admit I'm a, I really really like Nathan Ferguson um, plays beyond his years He's the first Albion player I interviewed. I went to an England under-20 game at Shrewsbury and I spoke to him after that game and he was absolutely lovely. Mm. Absolutely lovely young man. Um, really like infectious, friendly character. Um, and he, and every time, I mean, I've seen, in the games I've seen him play, I, I think he's been, I thought he was really good at Fulham. Look, we had that penalty shout that is what, is what it is. And then I thought he was good yesterday as well, just so, mm. so steady. Um, 18 years old. What, my question is, what I want. To, well, what I'm thinking in my head is, Furlong is incredibly attacking. Mm. Um, Gibbs is very, very good attacking, isn't he? Yeah. I think having Ferguson in the team just gives the defence a better balance. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if you have two fullbacks that are just bombing on, there's fullbacks at the end of the day. They're not wingbacks. Mm. Um, so you're leaving your two centre-backs incredibly exposed, I think. Yeah. Um, That's when you need one of the midfielders sitting in. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if Furlong and Gibbs will play together. Mm. I think Ferguson's... It's, you can't leave Furlong out after how he played yesterday. Yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me if Gibbs would have to either wait for his chance or if... If Furlong has a dip in form, maybe Gibbs will come in and Ferguson will go to the right. Mm. I just don't know if there's a bit. There's just a bit too much attacking there in both of them. Um, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see indeed. Um, at locals bag local baggies fan. Uh, hi Joe. Hope you're enjoying your new job. Hypothetically, if West Brom had to sign one Warsaw player today and they came to you for advice, who to choose? Who would you recommend and why? Also, vice versa, if Warsaw had to sign one baggies player, assume fees don't matter. Assume fees don't matter. Yeah. Money is no object. Well, should we do realistic signings then? Should we do realistic? Yeah. What Warsaw player should Albion sign, Joe? Uh, oh, it's not been a great couple of years for Warsaw, got to be honest. It hasn't. I'm uh, looking at the, I was thinking about this question. I was like, I don't know who out that Warsaw squad um, could step up to be a, top of the cha- to a team at the top of the championship. Mm hmm. I really, I mean, I get a lot of stick for how much I like the goalkeeper Liam Roberts. I do really, really, really rate him. And, and and to be fair, I've been told in the past that like goalkeeper and coaches see him as a potential championship goalkeeper. So mm. I'd, be, I'd be like, I think Liam Roberts probably would be the one that is pro- like I'd say Liam Roberts. And You'd sign him on potential. On potential, you? and Liam Kinsella on potential. They're the two that you think could step up. Um, yeah, but are they going to be? They're not. They're not players who are going to. They're not walking into the first not, first no, eleven, no, are they? No, no, they're not players who are going to get you to the Premier League, really. No. Um, 
and vice versa. With a, with the greatest respect um, for Walsall. Um, everyone, quite, everyone seems to be talking really highly about this O'Shea. Is it Dara O'Shea? Dara O'Shea, yeah. Um, I mean... Um, Wouldn't be the first centre-back who's <laughs> gone, gone to Walsall from Albion. I mean, he's obviously ahead of, ahead of the pecking order now at Albion, ahead of Jack Fitzwater, which obviously Fitzwater had a really, really good loan spell at Walsall and then not so great second loan spell, but that wasn't down to him. Um, but that'd be a good signing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. Um, yeah. Decent, decent. Uh, Dan Nash, is Bilic frustrated by Kravinovic? He hauled him off at half-time yesterday as once again he was slowing Albion down too much and offering nothing in the final third. Surely he needs to be told to do so as Dean Garner and Pereira do drive at defensive, d- defences and create chances. Um, he was. He, he spoke about Kravinovic because obviously that was a big... A big thing after the game, wasn't it? Dean Garner coming on doing so well. He came on for Kravinovic. He actually said, Bilic said it wasn't Kravinovic's fault really why he was so ineffective. Um, <clears throat> and he said he, it, it wasn't cut and dry who he was going to take off. He said he was contemplating taking a few players off. Mm. Um, again, it's really difficult because I haven't seen a lot of him. But yeah, he's not... At Fulham, he was okay when he came off the bench. He... he he made the least impact of the three who came off the bench. Mm. Edwards was electric. Yeah. Robson Carno was really like smart in that number in that number ten role, and Kravinovic just sort of kept the ball ticking over, yeah. which was important because they needed to keep that momentum going. Um, so he did okay there. He was, um, yeah, he, he he wasn't great, was he? I think he's good when you're trying to like hold out in a game. What does bother me, and it's been picked up on recently, because when he first came in, everyone was wowed by Kravinovic. Everyone was like, whoa, this, this guy can play ball, play football. So, yes, he can, but he does like to hold the ball. And there's times when you think he could pull the trigger in terms of playing a pass or having a pop on goal, and he just doesn't do it. I think he offers you a good out ball if you were under the cosh a little bit in central midfield, central attacking midfield anyway, because you can get the ball to him, and he does win those those the cheap fouls which you know you see players elsewhere doing um, and it does relieve pressure and he can hold the ball but I just think when you when you've got players like Pereira Dean Garner you know around Edwards as well uh, particularly against Fulham who was like forward thinking and could create things and are willing to have a go you do think like when you're chasing a game is he really going to be the man to help you out I wonder if like if he is because if he is a bit ponderous on the ball I wonder if that's just adapting to English football, maybe. Maybe. Because um, it's come from Portugal, hasn't it? Mm. Um, where obviously you do get a lot more time on the ball. I wonder if maybe he'll quicken up. Maybe. Um, in time. I mean, he's definitely one of Bilic's like, key men. Mm. Definitely, definitely one of Bilic's key men. I was a bit surprised to see him start yesterday. I thought Edwards would come in. I thought Edwards would come in, yeah. Um, so... He's definitely, I mean, to come back straight into the team, um, to come in, I thought that was quite a big call from Bilic. So he's definitely one of his key men. Um, but yeah, we'll see it. Yeah. Maybe if he's ponderous, maybe we just need to take his time to adapt. I think, yeah, I think in a game like Huddersfield, you want a little bit more forward thinking and you saw that in the second half, so he did bring him off. I think against Leeds, maybe, he suits it a little bit better. Okay. I think those are the games where, yes, you do want to go and score a goal, but at the end of the day, if you get a draw... I'd take a draw away Ellen Road. Oh, yeah, of course you would, yeah. Um, Amsterdam Baggy. Hi, Joseph. Good luck with the podcast. Looking forward to it. Thank you. My question, we are 
conceding far too many goals. How come? Are we playing the wrong system? Is it down to the four defenders or goalkeeper? Are our midfield not protecting the back line enough? Would a swap of Hagazi for Bartley be the answer? Um, so similar to earlier, isn't it? I still I'm going to stand by that. I do, I do think it's a time thing. Um, I do think it's a time thing. Bartley for Agazi. Agazi's good, but Bartley's un, until until last until yesterday. Done yeah. Very well. Done very well. Yeah. He was great at Fulham, wasn't he? There's a lot of clamour around Hagazi, isn't there? It's going to be hard to keep him out, I think. He's a good player. Um, Very good in the air as well. Yeah, um, which obviously helps Master Lewis set pieces. I think it would be probably sooner rather than later that Hagazi comes into the side. Mm. Um, and I think it'll be for Bartley. Um, I think Ajay will keep his place. Ajay's done far too well, hasn't he? Far too to, well. And to his dropped. pace is absolutely massive. Um, Popping up with goals too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Two two. Bilic said he's got the pace of a centre-forward, um, which allows him to play with a really high line. So I think mm. that tells you what he's thinking there. Um, and they've got to play with a high line, Albion, because they can keep possession so well. They mm. want to box teams in. Um, so you do need that pace yeah. if, you're going to get, if you're going to get broken on. So I think, I genuinely believe, like I said earlier, we're eight games in. I think after 18 games they'll be a lot more solid defensively, a lot more mm. solid. I think it's just, I think I don't think they're far away. I really don't think they're far away in terms of the structure. And then, but then even when they've got that structure right, obviously they've got to cut out the mistakes. Mm. Um, but I don't think they're far away. But there is, I do, I don't know why, but I do feel Hagazi will probably come in mm. fairly quickly. Um, last question. I'm going to kind of merge three questions, which are all very similar. Um, Sea uh, Hawthorns, Derek Poulton, and uh, T Rose all asking the same kind of thing. Any chance of a striker? Um, Derek Poulton suggests Gale. Um, do you think a striker would come in in January to give them a final push for promotion? I think it's certainly that you can't rule it out. Um, it's interesting yesterday the program notes from Luke Dowling mm. um, basically saying the work in the transfer market is not done. I mean, we know that. We know in January they're going to be in for players. Um, but yeah, I think a lot rests, obviously a lot rests on Charlie Austin. It's going to be very interesting to see how he does. They're not quite getting the best out of him at the minute. Um, mm. That's that's kind of the problem position at the moment, striker, because none of the strikers are really, you know, putting their stamp on that position and saying, I'm you undroppable. can't drop me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Look, if, if Gale's available in January, they'll get him back, won't they? They'll do, oh, they'll do anything they can to get him back. The limbs, if that happens, Um they? That would mean that would be incredible, um, but I've, they're not gonna. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because obviously the window's closed. So basically, Austin and, and Zahor have got the, the next couple of months to prove that they are the men to fire Albion up, aren't they? Yes. And, and if they don't, if they're not doing that by January, then you'd have to say probably the first place I look to bring someone in is up top it's interesting because they're both permanent signings as well yeah true so I don't know maybe but I'll tell you what if Gale if Gale wants to go and there's a deal to be done oh, it's just it just seems like a match made in heaven we got this like there's no doubt about it if they can get if they can get a striker to fire them over a line they will go and get them it's promotion to the Premier League it's so much money it's untrue so mm. they will absolutely do it if, it if it's the right man and they think um but they will obviously be hoping at this moment in time that Austin goes on a great run mm. um, and you've got Zahor and Robson Carno backing them up and they don't need to dip into the market. Yeah. But 
Those players have definitely been assessed, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Still, Dwight Gale in green and yellow again. Oh, that'd be pretty special, mate. Um, right, thanks for all the questions. Sorry we didn't get around to them all. We've just had so, so many. Um, we'll finish up. Um, finish up. QPR versus Albion. A very quick preview because it is only Monday. Uh, fourth versus fifth. Um, I wouldn't have predicted QPR to be up in the player spots right now, but I'll tell you what, they're there. Um, big game at Loftus Road. Big game. Early kickoff again. Again. Um, I'm not there this time, unfortunately. I really like Mark Warburton, uh, QPR manager. I think he's um, done some really good good work in the past, particularly at Brentford. Um, so we were looking, weren't we? Like this, it's a frontier, isn't it? Um, mm. For them, that's going to cause problems. Um, Jordan Hugo had a big money move to West Ham in there. I think it was like was it like nine nine million quid, twelve million. Never quid. worked for him though. Never did worked it? for him, but he's got a couple of goals, hasn't he? Since going there, yeah. Um, Narky Wells is it four and two? Four and two, yeah. Four and two. Um, so, I mean, they're banging. They must be flying. Confidence. Tell you what, Albion could do with a striker banging in four and two. Yeah. Um, well, Matt Phillips has got four goals this season. Yeah. Which is good. He only got five all last season. He's got four already. Injuries and form. Um, but that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. He's got four already. Um, so yeah, tough, tough game. I mean, it is only Monday, so we're a little bit behind, like we'll look at the game in a bit more depth, won't we? Later yeah, in the week. Yeah, yeah. But um, you'll get a preview video Friday. We'll get a preview video Friday. But yeah, stopping those two is going to be. They look. I mean, I don't know an awful lot about them, but they look to be the stereotypical like little and large um, partnership. Mm. Target man, nippy striker. Nods it down. He runs onto it. Nods it down. Yeah. Um, so another test, I mean, but that's a championship, isn't it? I mean, it is a, it's the old cliche, but it is a hell of a league. It yeah. really, really is a tough league. Anyone can um, beat anyone, all that. Or anyone can beat anyone, all that. So, uh, yeah, big game. A, a big, big free game's coming up as well, actually. I mean, if Albion still have this unbeaten run intact after these three games, QPR, Leeds on Tuesday, Cardiff on the weekend after. Yeah. Tell you what, you, I'd be more than happy with that. Yeah, you would be more than happy with it. You you get more points for it. Like, you need to win games. You don't, mm. you, I don't think draws, you take, draws kill you a little bit. Yeah, I don't league. think you take three draws. You want. I think I think if you if you get five points, are you happy? Oh, five points you take. Yeah. A win and two draws. A win and two draws. I think you would take that. If you get seven points, I mean you're more than happy. If you get nine points, then wake up because you well maybe not wake up because you're dreaming, but. <laughs> Yeah, you're on cloud nine. Yeah, yeah, you'd be very happy with that, wouldn't you? But yeah, yeah it'd be nice. I mean, I think the Cardiff game is a winnable game. Um, QPR is going to be one of them. When you're away from home, for me, a draw is a good result. Mm. Um, but I'm sure they're, they're more than capable of going there and winning it, aren't they? But um, yeah, that's. I mean, five points because it's, it's two away games, isn't it? Yeah, point at Leeds, point Pro- at Loftus Road, th- yeah. win at home. That's the realistic dream, I'd say. That yeah. would be... That's achievable and would be very, very good. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be complaining about that at all. Um, briefly, I know we haven't had presser or anything yet. Would you expect any changes if everyone's okay? Could Gibbs come back in? I mean, do you change that back line? I don't think you change it. I don't think you change the back line. I suppose the big one's Kravinovic, isn't it? Kravinovic, yeah. I think he's, I think it's going to be very, very hard to leave out Dean Garner after that. Mm. Uh, I think he has to come into the team. Um so will that mean yeah Pereira go back to the 10 yeah um, although Pereira looks I think, I think Pereira looks better off the wing I thought he was brilliant off the wing at Fulham um, really really good when he went out there I really like him I do I think he's a really tidy tidy footballer um, 
Yeah. It's very, very hard. I mean, it's Monday, isn't it? But I think Dean Garner's got a, got a start, hasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Give me a match prediction. I think it'll be... Uh, I, I do think it'll be a draw. Score draw? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic, me being me. Um, two, no, 3-2 to the Albion. They're well capable of a 3-2, aren't they? Match reports are so much fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just goal, 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 chance, chance, chance. You won't see many nil nils this no. season, mate. You won't see many of them. They're well capable of a 3-2. But yeah. I think maybe maybe just maybe Huddersfield will be a little bit of a wake-up call in terms of the goals they conceded. I think mm. hopefully that'll be the... We've made mistakes, we've made mistakes, we've made mistakes again. Like, really, it is time to cut this out now. Yeah. Because... Um, they can't keep getting away from it, can they? That's uh... If you keep giving away goals like that, there will be a day where you're just not clicking going forward and you'll lose the game. Yeah, that's what I think. I put an analysis piece online today. We always do it on a Monday. And Bilic was a little bit after the game, was a little bit, not frustrated, but he wanted to focus on the positives. Like, mm. I mean, there were times when they played sensational football. They'd won the game. They scored four goals at home. I mean, they completely pegged Huddersfield back in that second half. Yeah. It felt, it felt a little bit strange that the spotlight was so bright on the defence mm. um, after that game. And I think that's what Billich was a little bit like. He wanted to, he didn't want to talk about the negatives. He wanted to talk about the positives. But I think the only reason why the spotlight was so bright was because everyone knows if you gift a better team two goals, they won't, they won't win, will they? That performance against Leeds. Yeah. You're worried. You, yeah, you'd be worried. I think you can't, you can't get, you can't get away with it every week. Um, so I think that's why, yeah, people said that. But I think because the spotlight was on it so much, hopefully that'll be a bit of a wake up call and uh, it'll just be a little bit, a little bit tighter at the back. Yeah, let's hope so. Right, just about does it. First, oh, mate. Ep- first episode of the Baggies broadcast down, Joe. How did you find it? Uh, good. I mean, my aunt, I'll get much more knowledge of the club as time goes on. I'll be able to talk a lot um, more in depth, hopefully. But um, we'll talk more. We've done seventy minutes. Seventy minutes. Give or take. Give or take. So yeah, yeah. No, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Good it stuff. That's good. good. Delight having you on. Look forward to the rest of the season with you. Thank you, mate. Right. Uh, as always, um, if you enjoyed listening to this, then why not give us an iTunes review? They always do well. They help us out so so much. So make sure you do that. Um, make sure you get your questions in Um, until next time it's bye bye from me and bye bye from Joe Massey